Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Bash Bros Podcast. My name is Brad Nelson, and today I'm joined by my lovely brother from another mother, Corey BMTG. Ooh. What is up, bro? Brad, I think you're getting a little bit more sweeter and nicer since you've been uh, back from your vacation. I got a lovely in front of my name. That's nice. I did. I, I, am, I am in a good mood. I had a wonderful three days. Stress-free three days. Yeah. Lots of awesome. We can we can talk about it soon. Let's just get through some of that early that bullshit, early nonsense like we got. Yeah. Yeah. Then we have to introduce our special guest. <laughs> but before I do so, I'd like to, everyone to know that you can find this podcast on Poppy and iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Yes. You cannot find it in a cabin in the woods, though. Brad already left there. Yes. 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 You cannot find it. That, that, that <laughs> is not there. But yes. So uh so we do, in fact, have a special guest this week. And uh you know, given that uh, COVID-19 related lockdowns started up once again, yeah. sad, womp womp, mm-hmm. uh, we wanted to bring in someone who's been locked up in my basement for the last eight months. And that is none other. <laughs> and y'all guessed it before we even started this. Brian Brown doing. Uh, bring down Brian Brown doing. How's it going, BBD? <laughs> Brian, how are you? How's the basement? I got to say... The amenities aren't great except for a endless supply of Diet Pepsi. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just like the the movie where that person kept sending the other person lotion to put on their skin. Brad sends BBD Diet Pepsi to put on his lips. Yeah. Yeah. And let's just yeah, say in eight months in the basement, I've never, quote, gotten the hose again. So, <laughs> well, then Spe- you've been speak- a good boy. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, the uh, the Amazon driver has been questioning why you know not nothing that we've been ordering is in fact fresh. Mm. Okay, yeah, because it's just a shit ton of Diet Pepsi. <laughs> oh, it's fresh yeah. to death, Brad. How much Diet Pepsi do you guys think you guys go through on a monthly I basis? Actually, I, I, I don't actually drink that much soda a month. Maybe, t- maybe half a can a day, I'd guess. Okay. Uh, wait, what? What do you do with the other half of a can? Do you put it back in the fridge? Well, it's going to get flat. I mean, I probably, I probably drink a can a day, a can every other day. Okay. Okay. That makes way more sense. <laughs> I was like, you can't I mean, just put a can back on it. Maybe I average more because sometimes I'll drink like two a day, but there's days I go without soda. <laughs> so, so three cases a day for you, huh? Uh, three cases a month. Yeah. <laughs> I drink a 24 pack of Diet Pepsi every single day. Not that much wow. soda either. So <laughs> <laughs> you're watching coffee, your figure. Coffee. Yeah. coffee, I drink way too much of. Yeah, true, true. Yep, you got me hooked on Starbucks. That's for sure. Yeah, it's it's the finer things in life, right? Yes, so, the classy stuff. Unfortunate that he wasn't able to get you hooked on phonics. Yeah, no kidding. That would have made my life a lot easier than being hooked on sugary drinks. <laughs> oh, that's so good. All right. Harsh. So um, so the topic for today, we're going to be going over historic for the last week. Now, Corey is going to be catching me up now, uh, you know, with with this uh cal what is it called? Call time? Call time? It's 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 cold ham, actually. 
Yeah. Uh, how do you actually pronounce the new set? Call time. Call time. And I'm not going to lie. Call I recorded time. a promo video for SCG about the call time championship and the amount of times I said cold ham where Rob had to just be like, dude, you said it again. It, it was outrageous. I just could not get that stupid word into my head. I even had to like re go in another day to re-record it because I just kept saying different words for call time. It was yeah, embarrassing. I kept hearing call time when I thought that that was just like the secret name of a set before they announce it, you know, yeah, they'll, yeah. they'll call sets like golf or, you know, storm or whatever. And I, I thought it was just call time was the, the fake name. And then, you know, then I saw call time and I'm like, Oh, this is weird. Yeah. This is awkward. I, yeah, I, think this I, whole time, I was thinking it was room temperature roast beef. I don't know yeah, why no. I got that. Yeah. It, it's a little uh, bit so, colder so, ham. Yeah. Someone is uh, looking for the meat. Yeah. <laughs> I went to Arby's and they delivered. So <laughs> they delivered <laughs> cold ham. To have the meat. Impressive. <laughs> but yeah, so so that tournament's going to be standard and historic, but historic's definitely the, the format that's shifting. And um, I thought it would be nice to go over what, what's been going on for historic, even though I haven't been playing because I was on vacation. Mm. Uh, and, you know, we spent, uh, Amber and I took our puppy and, we spent a from Monday to Thursday up in a cabin. We thought it was in the woods, but it really isn't. It's just off a highway. Uh, <laughs> but it was it was it was still quiet and it had a hot tub and it was peaceful. It was really nice actually. We just brought in a bunch of groceries. We didn't do much because you know yeah. it's COVID. What what are you gonna do? <laughs> and, uh, Have a cabin party. Like, yeah, we brought our we got a PS5, so we brought that. Played a few games. Um, I already conquered Spider-Man Miles Morales. Uh, Jesus. It's it's not that long of a game, truth be told. Um, okay. Yeah, that hot tub like, uh, that hot tub that you took a, a picture of and put on your Twitter was amazing. Holy crap. Yeah, it was great. And and it was right beside a sliding door, so we could just run out, you know, and, and because we're in the middle of nowhere, we could run out, you know, buck ass naked. Nice. Do they have any bathrooms there? Uh two, in fact. Oh, okay. Interesting. Did you Why? use them or? Yeah, were they used? Yes. Oh, uh, okay. I don't get where this is going. I, I just got a report from the cabin owners that there was just lots of shit all over the floor. <laughs> so Bradley, did you get a little do too really, drunk? Do I really have to go over this story again? Yes. We just said it in the pre-show. Fine. Yes. Right. Brad, did you get so, too drunk? What are you? What are you? <laughs> you if if we have to go over the store, you both know it. So just let me tell it. Okay. All right. So, so our puppy is five months old, never seen the snow. And we were up in the mountains and it was very snowy. There was no, you know, grassy knoll for her to shit on. And she's never experienced that yet. So she got really excited about snow. And I posted a video of it. We've got many more, you know, we recorded her a lot <laughs> and she just loved the snow and pranced around it, but she didn't, you know, use it. She, she, you know, it was kind of like once her bladder was, had to go and she had to pee she would she would pee outside but she didn't do it like a, she would normally you know like dogs are on a mission when they have to go to the bathroom yeah yeah she was she was never on a mission she was constantly <laughs> distracted right so finally about a day and a half in she finally took a shit because she was literally shitting herself so would you call and, that mission impossible uh what would you call it if he was never on a, if d was never on a mission would that be mission impossible was, it was. It was very Mission Impossible. Okay. But, um, so how the cabin was laid out is they had everything on the b bottom base floor, 
And then upstairs was just a loft with like four beds for extra use if a, if a family, a big family used the cabin, but it was just the three of us. So we didn't use the upstairs. But every time we would like lock her up for X amount of time and then let her out, she would, her, her routine was to go around the entire house to check just to make sure like, you know, and she would run upstairs. Place, yeah. yeah, scope out, she'd run upstairs, run down. So we got used to that. But halfway through the trip, um, I guess she just started running up there to take giant shits and come down and we never <laughs> smelt them because this morning she we we had her sleeping in the 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 uh the main floor bathroom and I had to pee and I woke up early and I didn't want to wake her up or get her all excited. So I used the upstairs bathroom and I just walk up and on the floor is just <laughs> Piles of shit. <laughs> and they're huge. They're just so oh, fucking God. big. That's rough to explain to the person that rented you the cabin. Just be like, well, I'm we, sorry, we, I got drunk. Yeah, I mean, we cleaned it all up. And so hopefully, I mean, there's there's no way they would know. It's like, yeah, sorry, um, I couldn't make it to the bathroom four <laughs> times. <laughs> it was yeah. absurd. Henry, Henry does the same kind of thing when it's raining. Uh, out, in, out in Roanoke here where he'll just, you know, go underneath the table or something and take a shit or take a piss unless I go outside with him with an umbrella so that he is not getting rained on. He is the biggest baby when it comes to... Really? Yeah. Oh, Dee loves the rain. She'll run out <laughs> and we have these giant leaves in the backyard. We're waiting. Um, oh, by the way, Brian, you're you're going uh, thirdsies with us on just having someone do the leaves. We're waiting on them to actually come out. <laughs> Um, but we're not, I didn't think you wanted to rake, rake either. No, <laughs> no, of course not. That of seems like not. a safe bet. Yeah. They're, they're going to come around whenever, whenever it's dry, but our backyard is filled. Cause there's these giant trees outside of our property line. Yeah. Um, but they just dump these giant leaves in our yard. Our entire yard is just full with a layer of leaves. They actually, oh, uh, the trees yeah. actually go upstairs to scope out our yard. <laughs> and then they just dump leaves dump everywhere yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but yeah deal just run around and roll in them i mean she gets soaking wet by the time she gets back in <laughs> that sounds fun oh it's not great when when she comes back in every time oh yeah muds up those couches no we we we, we clean her up and put her in her pen to dry off like nice nice is that what you do to brian too if he's if he's had too much fun outside nah, just throw me in the basement yeah, so <laughs> Okay, okay. Fair enough. Rush rush him to the basement before he defecates. Well, I'm glad you had a fun trip, bro, but that uh that sounds pretty absurd. It was funny. I, I <laughs> thought it was funny. Like I mean, like I didn't want the dog. I love D, don't get me wrong, but I didn't want the dog. Amber really wanted the dog. Yeah. Wanted the dog. So whenever situations like this come up, it's kind of just, you know, I give her the look. It's like, that's your puppy. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Rude. Rude. That doesn't work on Tori. She also wanted the dog, but she don't play. She's like, nah, we're we're fifteeing this. <laughs> oh God, I don't know. I I I would re reconsider. I would firehouse puppy this if I had to deal with all the grossness. <laughs> You're gonna make a great dad, Bradley. Oh yeah, no, it's gonna be bad. <laughs> oh, too good. Everyone, everyone's like, oh, but once it's your kid, it'll be different. I'm like, ah, probably not. <laughs> it like, wasn't. Gross... The, it wasn't the same way with your little brother. You weren't helping for shit. What are you talking about? <laughs> I have been. I have been a superb older brother. Yeah, I don't know. When I was a little kid, I was. I was just a brat, Brad, and and you. 
you didn't help. You didn't help raise me, train me to not be a brat. I'm still a brat. So okay, you weren't a brat. You were a fucking asshole. Hey, you were a brat. My mom calls me a mistake. Nobody loves you. It's like, whoa, that guy. Jeez. Fun fact: Brad announced that to our family at a Christmas dinner once when I was like 14. That's not true. It was Thanksgiving. And you were 13. You're right. Come on, get your fucking facts together man yeah yeah good i think times, you were a little younger than that too i think i was 13 and you were like eight yeah i think so because i remember everybody being very shocked at the comments <laughs> except me because oh, yeah. i knew that oh, was yeah, true we, yeah yeah we, we <laughs> joked about it but yeah the family did not think that that was funny yeah, i, I joked about it to this day yeah <laughs> you guys quote unquote joked about it yeah yeah, I, I joke about it. I joke about it to my counselor every single week. <laughs> yeah. That's not true. You're not, you're not seeking professional help. I probably should. I probably should. Everyone should. <laughs> yeah, true. True. All right. But yeah, so back to magic after all of that <laughs> shitty conversation. Yeah, that was supposed um, to be for the Aspros podcast, right. though, Brian. Way to, way to spoil all right, that. The Road to the Room Temperature Roast Beef Championships. <laughs> it's cold ham okay it is not room temperature sponsored by whoever wizards can get to sponsor it. <laughs> sponsored by butterball Sp- sponsors by sponsored by arby's nihilist arby's yeah. no 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 god damn it what is that one website called shit that would have been the best joke maybe john could edit this part out <laughs> And then, and then, and, and then no, we sound, cannot put in a joke for so you. So fucking good. What's what is that like thing that I always see on Facebook that just sells random ass shit? Wish dot com. Oh, wish. wish, yeah, sponsored by Wish dot com. Yeah. <laughs> or you could need be... to buy cheap ass magic cards and a bunch of weird shit that's probably sexual. Wish dot com. We need to buy. We need to buy, buy a pack of magic cards and a saxophone. Wish.com. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I just did that. I just did that, y'all. <laughs> no, it can be sponsored by Kirk Cousins Championship. Isn't Kaldheim like some Vikings thing? Because I don't think Kirk Cousins is ever going to see a championship, so we might as well, wow, you know. rude. <laughs> Sorry, Brian. I, I had to hit you with that. That realization, in case you haven't uh, come to it yourself. You might, you might see like a Renaissance Fair Championship. <laughs> There yeah. was like a, might be a coach in the eight years or something. There were some videos that came out recently. I I haven't fully watched them or, but I'm under the impression that it's like, I think it's just videos of Kirk Cousins like doing like singing and dancing at some sort of like Renaissance fair thing. I don't know why okay. they came out or where Jesus. they came from, but. <laughs> it, hey, that's kind of all he looks like is he's just kind of dancing around on Sundays. It, it doesn't really look like he has a plan or anything. All right. All right. Yeah, I've, I've got a great tweet now. All right. Here, here, here it is. It is. What does Crokies and what's the quarterback again? Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins have in common. They'll never play a championship. Oh. <laughs> Shots fired and accurate. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think Krogies has a much better chance than Kirk Cousins of uh, being in a championship. False. Well, For what when it's it comes worth. down to it, yeah, false. there's two teams that make it there. False. <laughs> Anybody who's wondering who Kirk Cousins is, it is the quarterback for the Vikings, which is BBD's like team. So I give him constant crap about it. 
Because they're bad. Yeah, and, and so does every other team. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah, they're, yes. Not, they're not bad, okay? <laughs> and, 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 like, comparing metaphors that we've already discussed, they are the upstairs. <laughs> and D is the other NFL teams. <laughs> just shitting on them. It's, not, it's just not even true. Without any regard. Without any regard. They've, they've won three games in a row. Their offense and defense are both ranked in the top ten in the league. Mm. They're, they're actually mm. do, they're actually pretty good right now. Really, you're, you're not you're not really getting the riffing part of this. Yeah, you're not helping with our, you our also, joke. Well, the, man. The riffing only, uh, riffing only makes Vikings sense are... when it's factually accurate. That's the thing. Like, okay, here's factually accurate: the Vikings will always do everything they can every season to crush your fucking heart. There yeah, it they'll, is. They'll choke. There it is. That, that's a, they will give you hope every year that you're like, we're hopeless. And they're like, nope, here's just a little bit of True. hope. And you're like, fine, Vikings, I accept this. And then they're like, yeah. fuck you. Yeah, that's what the Minnesota Miracle for. That's supposed to tide you over for the next eight years, okay? Yeah. <laughs> with, with how good the Minnesota Miracle was, that wasn't my favorite Vikings moment of the last few years. It was. Was it Brett Favre? No, hunting it away. That was, oh. That's over a decade ago, man. Come on. It was. Uh, <laughs> it was when they beat the Saints again last year in the playoffs. Oh. That was my favorite moment. Oh. You know what actually is my favorite moment, though? I've never been a Vikings fan, but I was in a Moorhead, Minnesota bar on a Vikings game against the Seahawks when they were in, I don't know, the quarterfinals or whatever. And they just like played beautifully to set themselves up with like a 15 yard field yeah. goal or something. And they missed yeah. it. And then this guy next to me who was just drinking a pitcher of Bud Light by himself and just hanging out, he just politely set his pitcher onto the other side of his uh, tall table, flipped over the table and just walked out. It was the funniest <laughs> thing I have ever seen. He did it so kind of calmly, but then just just peaced, like full pitcher, just left. <laughs> oh, that is good. It was good. It was hey, good. That's uh that's a and then I was like, Brian, get back here and pay yeah. your bill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, why are you in Warhead, Minnesota? And two. <laughs> <laughs> all right all right enough of this football talk let's talk some magic bro all right yeah let's talk magic because because call time championship is coming up and decks are doing i don't think like there's a t i don't think there's a something. t there i'm trying to say call time but call time is dh sound t because it's i don't fucking it's cold, okay. Cold so, ham. Fucking so, cold ham. No, the SCG producer that wrote the script for me spelled it. He went back and listened to the one time that they said it on camera and spelled it out as called, like to call someone, and then yeah. Heim. Called Heim. Yeah. yeah. Call time. Okay. Yeah. All right, yeah. cool. Call time. <laughs> All right. So, because that's coming up, it's going to be a split format, standard and, and historic. And while standard, there's still some innovative things happening. Um, it's kind of starting to get set and solved. Brad, I'm sorry, uh, I gotta stop you here. The isn't the next pro tour, isn't that uh Zendikar Rising Championship? Call time championship. These are oh, qualifying yeah, yeah, for yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, 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 yeah. sorry. I'm I'm looking at our upcoming events. Yes, the <clears> Zendikar <throat> Championship is split format, same bullshit I just there said. There we go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> same exact <laughs> shit, except different fucking branding. I'm so confused yeah. at this point. I've lost it all. I've lost the yeah. But well, Brian, you're qualified for it. <laughs> if you actually do care about the call time championships, uh, the SCG tour 
is presenting the road to the call time championship, mm. which is their new uh, tournament structure. And they're running their second one this weekend. Uh, this is coming out on Friday. So the first four flights are on Friday. Uh, and then Saturday, there's four more flights. Now what these are is there's, there's eight flights in total between Friday and Saturday. And each one of them can qualify you for Sunday. Uh, if you go four, two or better, uh, you'll get qualified. If you go five, one, you'll get a buy. And if you go six, oh, you get two buys on Sunday. And now the Sunday tournament's pretty cool because second through 12th will qualify for the, the following month's call time qualifier weekend. So you don't have to get in the top two, 1200 mythic, which um, I find kind of stressful and annoying. And um, you've never had to do it once, right? No, but I do. <laughs> I, I have, I have, um, I have pretended to to do the things on the ladder so that I can at least talk about it, right? Sure, sure, sure. Like yeah. I, I have, I have forced myself to qualify in the last day or two, um, just so I know what it feels like. Yeah, and then um, you take the silver spoon out of your mouth and set it down, or do you put it back in the shelf? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, well, I always get there because I'm fucking great. Yeah, there you uh, go. There you go. <laughs> but, but yeah, but if you actually win on any of these Sunday weekends, that's an actual qualification to the Call Time Championship. And and this tournament series has 5,000 each weekend. So mm -hmm. um, this is a really cool series for anyone that has the itch to play Magic, but also wants to just like, get qualified and not have to worry about either getting the 1200 to get qualified for the qualifier weekends or just mm -hmm. win the tournament and don't even have to worry about any of the qualifier weekends. <laughs> exactly. And these ones are a little different. Anybody who's kind of sick of standard, they are historic uh, for the qualifiers and the championship one on Sunday. So a nice change of this pace weekend, yeah. this weekend. Yep. Yeah. This weekend is all historic for these. So a lot of good tournament results. So if you go to mtgmelee.com, and check out decklist this weekend. Uh, there should be a shit ton of historic uh, decklist mm -hmm. to be looking through. A lot, a lot of data on that. Like, and, I yeah. think that's gonna be that's gonna be one of the coolest things for people that are like looking into the format. We're gonna actually see how the format evolves after these nine big tournaments. When SCG shows up to MGG Melee, it mm -hmm. is a deck viewers paradise. Yeah, it's good. And anybody who wants any ideas for what to play in them. The big magic uh, events that they've been running a lot have have a lot of good deck lists. And I think that's the best source of like winning deck lists so far that I've seen. I've tried to look a little bit more, but that that seems like the best so far. If you just want ideas to start, yeah, for sure. I mean, I I I like a combination of looking through social media and Twitch mm -hmm. and tournaments, uh, but you don't want to rely on one on its own either. Agreed. Um, there's a lot of survivorship bias when it comes to the ladder ranking. You'll see someone being like, I got through diamond with mono red very easily because no one's playing control right now. And then somebody else is like, you know, holy shit, there's so much control to prey on, you know, with yeah. this combo deck. So it's like, yeah, it's just whoever hits what in their small sample size. Exactly. And I've played against so much random garbage on the ladder this last week in historic. And then I played some good decks, but it's basically the wild, wild west out there. So you can't really trust your results on the ladder right now. Everyone's yeah, just and, playing what they like, you know? Oh yeah. And that's our topic for today. But real quick, before we get that one more tournament to talk about now, no one can qualify for this anymore, but the clash from channel fireball has been going on for the last month and a half and their finals is this weekend. So if you go to twitch.tv slash channel fireball, uh, you'll be able to see how the 64 players play out for $30,000 in prizes. And uh, they have a, a wonderful coverage team that's going to be also uh, running that. I I know. Oh, that's that going to be cool. 
Yeah, let me just real quick grab that grab that coverage team because I know that was one of their tweets. Yeah, it's Marshall, Reed, Duke, Riley, and Martin Juza. Cool, cool. Yeah, it's going to be a, a a fun thing to to see. The other clash events have just been those kind of like single elimination ones, and this is just the one you get into, correct? Yes, this yeah. is this okay. is their championship tournament. So this awesome. is this is the end of the clash. Oh. Yeah, this is this is the final finals for the clash and that'll be running uh this weekend so that'll be really exciting. But yeah, so that's that's the two big tournament series that are coming up this weekend. Uh one to play and one to watch um for anyone that is interested in that. But now we can get to our main topic which is Corey teaches Brian and Brad the ropes in <laughs> historic so far cuz I have not gone to play. I will <laughs> I will be finishing this podcast eating supper and then probably starting up my first stream. Another announcement to anyone that is listening um, no one wants to test with me this time around. So, um, actually I forgot that I thought the tournament was in like three weeks, but it's in two and yeah. everyone already made plans that I was originally testing with. So I'm going to say, fuck it. And I'm just going to stream all of my preparation. Fun. Um, I've been wanting to do that for a while. So yeah, I'm just going to be streaming. If I, if I decide to sit down to play magic, I'm going to stream it. Okay. Fair, fair. I'm going to uh, let's check back in next week and see your progress on that. I can see you going either way. I have one question. Oh, just quitting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Brian. Is it supper or dinner? Fuck. It's dinner. I say supper though, because I'm from the Midwest. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not judging you. I'm just trying to start a completely irrelevant <laughs> fight. I don't know. I'm guessing, I'm guessing you don't say pop too. I don't say pop anymore, but I still have supper in my mm-hmm. repertoire. What about what Ariana Grande sings? I have no fucking clue what she sings. Pop music. Mm. Oh my mm. god. Really? Really? That's <laughs> Got him. <laughs> you fucking got me, Corey. You got burned him You got him real good. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'll be here all day. Oh, sad. <laughs> Um, all right, but yeah, yeah, Corey, kick things off for us because you've actually streamed a few, uh, a few times with this format. Mm-hmm. You you got this episode ready for us. Thank you very much. No problem. You're really carrying the dead weight. Since, all right. Uh, since I I wasn't able to do anything, and I haven't yeah. let Brian out of the basement. Yeah. So basically, the experience that I've had from the format is like the first day that Historic came out with Kaladesh Remastered, it was just Marvel. It was everybody trying different versions of Marvel. And now slowly but surely, people have kind of realized that that archetype just seems kind of like a trap and isn't super powerful in the shell that it's been already, right? Just teamer energy or maybe soul tie or four color energy, just the, the ramp to Marvel Ulamog stuff. It's just been kind of easy to disrupt when Cage is around. You know, people are just playing different control decks. People are playing decks that are faster than it. So it started with Marvel. I think people are kind of going away from that. And um, now it just seems like every deck that I have played was just been streamers showing off their decks saying, hey, this deck is this deck's the best, this deck the best, this deck's the best. So what I've just been seeing is, is it just seems really wide open right now. Um, as, as far as I can see. And then when the tournaments come, I feel like it's going to really narrow down. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Pretty wide open. I mean, so, so that's, yeah, that's definitely the broad strokes of it. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I mean, I, I definitely speaking on Marvel, like we talked about this last week and I know that, um, we had different opinions on it. Um, but I was definitely in the camp that I assumed it was not going to be good enough. Mm -hmm. Um, just because 
doing things like just deck building constraint is 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 a real thing in a format yeah. that's super powerful exactly um, yeah having to play all these energy cards and you can't really deviate except for like a couple flex slots and stuff then your deck can only be so powerful and yeah I mean, how many energy cards do you have to play there's only like three, um, right? like 12 or 14. I mean, you got to play like Rogue Refiner, probably either Puzzle, Not, or Servant. See, I, 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 think, you could play, I think you can play Rogue Refiner, Harness Lightning, and Attune with Aether and call it there. Definitely possible. But, but you still have to fight against a focus format that's better than when Marvel was around. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. that's, that's the problem people are facing is like, even, you know, the decks that we're going to discuss, like, they have counter spells, they have like, Ways to stop card advantage. They have, you know, hyper aggression with Thoughtseize. Nurse side like, seems And the main strong. thing is cages everywhere. There's cages everywhere, too, right now. And that just shuts down Marvel's, like, just full stop. Does it? I thought you cast the spell. Uh, no, you, you can't. You can't Marvel with a cage out. Oh, you can't cast spells yeah, from your Yeah, you can't library. cast it. Yeah, so that that's the clause. It's not the first clause from cage, but the second one gets you. Really? So it's pretty easy to disrupt, you know. Is that true? I, I just want to read it. Mm -hmm. Cage again. Just as you can't, every six months, you can't after cast cards from your graveyard or library, right? That's what it says. Creature cards yeah. can't enter the battlefield from graveyards or libraries, but they're not entering but from that. You're casting. Yeah, but read the next, the line. next line on the card. <laughs> it doesn't say you can't cast. Players can't cast cards in graveyards or libraries. There it yeah, is. Okay, yeah, exactly. Same reason I that, did it once for science. It's, just it's the same case. reason that Cage shuts down <laughs> experimental frenzy too. Like it's the same. Yeah, or yep. Bolas' Citadel, Collected Company, all that. And honestly, that yeah. that really dictated, in my experience, the next week, uh, the metagame was just every deck was hyper-aggressive or really, really slow control decks that, you know, you could either counter the the Marvel or you just went under it and didn't really care about it. Um, and, and my per personal favorite deck has been the Mono Green, uh, just four great Henge deck that Crokies was playing. I gave that a shot last night and I was just in love. It is so fun. It's just Mono Green Beatdown with like four collected companies and just a ton of great Henges. There were four of them in there. I cut one because I thought that was a little excessive, but the deck just feels fun. I really like that style of game plan. Uh, and, and I've been enjoying it quite the a bit. The funny thing about okay. these th these decks is that the first three decks that you have listed here, none of them play cage, main or side. <laughs> really? <Yeah. laughs> I mean, I will say that the the NAR set from Blue Black Control looks incredibly good against uh, any kind of a Marvel strategy. But the NAR set? Why? The card NAR set. I mean... It yeah, I mean, it's good against, like, Rogue Refiners and stuff. And um, but yeah, Narset and... and yeah, like, yeah Narset, Memory. Oh, baby. That that was bringing me back. That was bringing me back. That is a nice one. Bringing you back to when? They never they never played with each other in Standard. Yeah, I guess you're right, huh? Yeah, I don't know <laughs> when this was bringing you back. <laughs> bringing me back to Cube, I guess? Bringing him back uh, I mean, to reality. To when Historic started. Yes, <laughs> yes. I guess Gear Hulk memory was the kind of thing where you just get to blink first after you start over your, your uh, or you just both draw seven cards. But yeah, I guess Narset was never there, huh? Right, never mind. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> it's still very fun to do. Yeah, I mean, I, I played with Mono Green uh, a little bit, though, back when I was testing for the Grand Finals. And yep. I do believe Burn Burning Tree was not unbanned by then. It was not, um, yep. And 
we I don't I think we had great hinge, maybe we didn't. But I you know, I found that uh you know my my issue with this deck and what I like that's fixed and maybe yeah, because Kazanu Mammoth wasn't out either, mm-hmm. was that your Cocos could sometimes be awful because you're playing elves and pal collectors. <laughs> yeah. Oh and yeah, these these really weak. The first hits. thing I look at when mm. I I mean we're we're kind of just jumping around here. We're not really in terms of what we're talking about. But the first thing I look at when I see this mono green deck is you're playing four cocos, and then you have three great henges. You have Vivians. You have primal mites, and you have yeah creatures like elves and Pell collector that aren't good hits off of coco. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and like even like burning tree is like not really a great hit off of a coco. Um, you you honestly yeah. only have like fourteen, sixteen good creatures to hit off of it. Yeah, and I even added a creature. Like there was there was less creatures in this list. There was one less creature in this list uh, when I just copied it from Crokies. Uh, so I I do agree the numbers need to be adjusted. But something like this to start in historic that is just proactive and powerful. It is decent for now, but I do not expect this deck to be, you know, the best deck tier one strategy moving forward. I've just been having a lot of fun with it. Oh, I bet it's a lot of fun. And one thing mm-hmm. that I would say about this deck list is I would add more Ronus. When I played this deck, Ronus <laughs> was really good. Yeah, there was zero in there and I added one, but I could definitely see adding more. Yeah, at least when I played the deck, we were up to like three. Like we really are there no other we good two drop creatures. <laughs> what about like that three? Fuck no. Isn't it, there's like, isn't there like a... Uh, there's Barkhide Troll, right? It's just a two-mana three Yeah, three. like, I, I don't know. Like, it just... The deck feels like it's a little lacking on its curve here. Like, you're, you're, it seems like you're very and, reliant yeah. on land where elves have a good draw. And I've never even loved, like, Burning Tree Emissary. Like, I mean, it's it feels like you have to play it. But it's never been like, oh my god, I just... Unless you draw, like, three. Then it's like, okay, this is messed up. But I, I don't know. I never find that card too busted, and it's quite a nombo with Steel Leaf Champion. But it certainly feels weak yeah, in context of this deck, where you're trying to play big creatures, and you just randomly have some two twos that you're going to draw later in the game, and they're not going to be impressive. I don't know. Well, the two twos you draw later is good with Great Henge, though. For for what it's worth, that's why you play so many of those because you do just start popping off. True. But, True. Yeah. Yeah, and and also then your collected companies and your. Uh, your timber, whatever the land, mm-hmm. they both um, they both will trigger Great Henge too, which is really good. Yeah, that turn timber symbios in this deck, I do not think is good. Like I have not cast it once. I've only played like six matches, but it it I mean small sample size, of course, but it just does not seem like a card that's good in here at all. Well, it's nice but, because it does make a giant threat when you're really yeah. low on resources, but it does fuck with your castles. Yeah, and it's just like uh, that much mana is tough to get to unless you already have a hinge on the board, and then you know you're probably already winning. But it's still kind of a free roll spell, right? Yeah, it, it, it depends. It depends if the life's relevant. But when you're playing mono green, life's really not relevant because you're. It, it doesn't matter if you're at fourteen or twenty. If you don't have a good board position, you're going to lose. And if you have a good mm-hmm. board position, you're probably going to win. Yeah, except like against mono red, you can that can be a factor. But otherwise, I totally agree with you. You could just play more copies yeah. of Hash Up Oasis. I mean, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But as far as results have been concerned, that people have just been playing in tournaments that give out some prizes. Mono red with a you know a Hazard or two and just hyper aggressive, and then Sultai mid range with Nissans and Uro seems to be what people are leaning on as far as bringing to tournaments. So that's what I would expect as a metagame 
moving forward into some of these SCG events right away. And then oh, I love it. I love yeah. it. I'm looking at the 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 most recent uh big magic tournament. There was yeah. eight people that played Soul Time Midrange and they went a combined total of 33%. Yeah, I don't think Back Soul to those Tide. Soltai glory days. Uh, yeah. yeah, I really don't think the Soltai decks are that good. I don't know. I I I don't think they really gained anything with Kaladesh and everything else gained so much. I haven't been impressed when I played against it, but it's still gonna be fine. I mean, so the thing about Sultai that I'll say is the deck was also very bad, except for, you know, the build we took to the, uh, was it the Mythic Champion, Mythic Invitational? Um, that was a good list because we targeted the metagame and we played a bunch of Aether Gusts. And yeah. like the, the thing Sultai will always live and die by is can it exploit a metagame? Yeah. If it can't exploit a metagame, then it's not going to be good. Um, and so you kind of have to figure out what that metagame is to pick your reactive spell. So yeah. right out of the gates, I would assume Soltai wasn't going to be that good because, you know, you have to be very aggressive on how you want to build your deck. Now, I have some <laughs> ideas on where I want my deck list to be when I'm playing it. Mm -hmm. uh, but that, you know, that could change in two hours because I start seeing how things play out. Like, but like, like, uh, and I can see these results being that way is, you know, looking at this list, we're going to talk about these decks, but I don't really want to play Sultai into a field of blue, black control and auras and mono red <laughs> yeah. because so many it's of my cards different. are going to be bad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I'm the same way. And yeah, right now it just seems like the format is, you know, way too open, first of all, and just way too proactive with the exception of Demir control. I have been seeing that quite a bit. You know, Nasif picked it up. I saw some other streamers playing it with different variations. You know, I only played four matches with it as well, but it is so fun casting Gear Hulk, flashing back Varaska's Contempt on a Hazaret. That was the last thing I did with this deck, and I was like, oh, we are back, baby. We are back. Yeah, I'm not surprised that Gear Hulk is, is <laughs> really good. Like, that, the blue Gear Hulk's a very powerful card. I, yeah. Like, that yeah. doesn't surprise me. It would have definitely been on my short list of cards that would have seen play from Kaladesh. What would have been on your long list? A lot. Almost, okay. yeah, quite a few okay. quite a few cards. Okay, okay, good, 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 good. Yeah, it, it, it is interesting. It's also a weird dynamic because, you know, Gear Hulk was always good against creature decks, and it's a card that you can board out, and now control decks have Shark Typhoon. So mm -hmm. when I'm looking at a deck like this, it's like, oh, I'm going to bring in a bunch of Mystical Disputes to mess with their Gear Hulks while... They're probably not going to have all four of them, right? Yeah, they're they're going to have a different build. They're going to lean on Shark Typhoon and probably Narset Memory once mm -hmm. opponents are exhausted. And so um, that is a very interesting dynamic of how you have to build to fight this deck. It's actually another. It's kind of just that lesson. It's like you have to build your deck to react to their seventy five cards, not their sixty. Yep, I react to their sideboard plan, bring in some brazy bees or whatever, you know. Yeah, exactly, and. Yep. Um, and and figure things out that way but yeah like we're i think we're gonna see just looking at this demir deck it looks good it looks real good but it I think is good what, yeah what we're gonna see is probably uh brazen borrower start to be more highly played as a sideboard option for mm -hmm. mirror matches because shark typhoon i feel like 
if Torrential Gearhulk Control is a good deck, the mirrors are going to be all about four Shark Typhoons. Yeah, and we, we can't see the sideboard on here. There was two more uh, Shark Typhoons in the board. And the one thing I loved about the sideboard, too, is just like four Thoughtseize. So it's it's that card that's, you know, great against combo when you, when you absolutely need that kind of interaction. But <clears throat> also, it's just that card where whenever you need to take out one or two more cards, eh, just throw some Thoughtseizes in. You know, it, it's hard to be bad. Um, yeah, I mean, I definitely want my deck to be as focused. Like, I think Thoughtseize yeah. is just the perfect card for a deck like this when removal is weak. And, yeah. And so you want to be, uh, like, against combo decks. Or or also Thoughtseize is good when your life total isn't as relevant. Mm -hmm. but, but removal is also important. Like, you're going to bring Thoughtseize in against a combo deck like Black-White Auras or Blue-White Auras because them having a Core Spirit Dancer or a Ceram on the board compared to not having one is big. Very true. Very true. Totally agree. And so, yeah, like Thoughtseize, Thoughtseize typically is just not good against burn decks or, in my opinion, like certain mid-range decks, it's not going to be the best card in the world because... Um, a lot of redundancy, both, right? Especially yeah. against like a deck well, like Uro, like Thoughtseize and Uro deck, you're kind of falling behind. Yes, and hmm. and and also you, you don't want to have bad top decks. Like... um. Against a mid-range deck, you're going to try to beat them by having, like, a better late game. And so you don't want to hit, like, the weaker cards early. Like, I, yeah. I want to Thoughtseize a Teferi because Teferi is more powerful than anything I'm doing. Yeah, but, yeah, very but true. But the Teferi deck might not want to Thoughtseize the Uro deck. Very true. The only other main uh, thing I learned about uh, Historic over the, the last, you know, couple streams that I've done is some of the hits that I wanted to be good that I kind of figured we're going to be bad are indeed bad like mardu vehicles god pharaoh's blue white gifts and then just like azorius control you know with gideon and pact and that kind of stuff i those decks are just bad they're not good enough they're new decks kind of that get some big upgrades with kaladesh but just seem like traps to me i could be wrong but i i, I really don't think so yeah i mean like i said like i just don't think that try like last week i was talking about part of karen style decks Mm -hmm. I feel like part of Kieran is a very big um, investment into a card. Yep. Now that was worth the investment in standard because it was so powerful mm -hmm. um, and, and decks were slower, but now this is a format that has what, whatever people want to do. And there's also aggressive decks that are more powerful, right? Like this deck is it, like these Mardu decks can look really good, yep. but then they might just die to auras, just making a huge life linker. Oh, yeah, and just die to themselves, too. The mana base is surprisingly not that great. And the only thing that is cool about the Mardu Vehicles list is the new kind of piece of technology of Gideon Blackblade with Heart of Kirin. That's, that's pretty nice. That Planeswalker is really good in the deck. It can also, like, force through Bowmat to make it indestructible to keep, like, boosting the cards. That was probably the coolest addition I saw, but not, not good enough, in my opinion, to make it a, a Tier 1 deck. Maybe not even Tier 2, you know? Yeah, I, I still am under the yeah. impression that if... Heart of Kieran is played. It's going to be in a Kroxa, Chandra, um, Hazaret kind of mid rangey red black shell where you're going to get like those kind of value out of those cards that creatures that do do some effect when they come into play or planeswalkers that have some effect like that. I mean, oh, hell yeah. 2010 red black mid range fan me down. <laughs> 
<laughs> or wait, 2010. Scra- it was probably scrappy like 20... as well, I guess, would be in that kind of... You mean like 2017, yeah. 2018? Yeah. yeah, okay, probably 2018, <laughs> all right. It, 2020 has been so long, honestly. The, all the years before oh, it just are one... Oh, time anymore. Yeah, time's an illusion. Yeah, Corey, this... You, I don't know if you remember that format that well. You're you were too busy with Narset and Memory, uh, to be playing those decks. So. <laughs> yeah, so you're, actually, right, you're right. Let's, let's talk about. I want to talk about what I think is one of the most played and best performing archetypes, and that's Aura strategies. Yeah. yeah. Um, we knew that Saram was going to be a really big thing in the format. It just obviously looked like it, right? Core Spirit Dancers yeah. is just already a messed up card. But it was inconsistent. Now you get extra copies of it. Um, but it does. I wasn't thinking about black white auras. But so now there are two different builds. There's blue auras and black white auras. And real quick, just to differentiate them, blue white is going to be playing the enchantments <clears throat> that when the creatures connect damage, they draw cards. Yeah. And and um, or gain life or ga- gain life and draw cards. Yeah. Uh, and, and then their sideboard is going to have like negate effects like spell pierce or negate or, or what have you Dovin's veto um and then black white auras is going to be very similar with the same white cards that blue white auras plays but it's playing like the black eidolon the mm-hmm. hatred what is it hateful eidolon hateful, hateful eidolon he's one of and, the most hateful diabolical yeah, oh yes. people. yeah. <laughs> and, yeah they're gonna be playing uh hateful eidolon they're gonna have um thoughts is in the sideboard also you know like dead dead weights and myers grass as enchantments as removal spells um and the one key difference too is a better mana base because they get a pathway yeah the black white mana base Mangucci has just been you know jumping out of his seat for basically he's even trying other black white aggro decks just because he says the mana base is so phenomenal uh and i mean it makes sense which uh which version do you think is better bro because i i've never really played any of the auras decks haven't really been my style and i feel like they both have such polarizing matchups where they're going to just crush certain decks and then kind of get crushed oh, by I, I have no idea what their matchups are like at all but okay. i will say okay. i will say that having a better mana base tends to make a better deck mm-hmm. and this deck has three dual lands to blue whites one mm. untapped dual lands right so like yeah. that's huge to me yeah, yeah. like they don't get sea chrome coast or a blue white pathway Whereas, whereas black white auras gets courtyard and uh and their and their black white pathway like that's huge to me that's that's like twelve yeah. twelve untapped dual lands for an aggressive deck is like kind of absurd we 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 don't we have never I don't know if we've ever seen that in a format but um, you can even have more right you can have isolated chapel as well you can have isolated chapel as well if you want to play that yeah um, I'm saying even turn one but yeah like. <laughs> We've never seen that in a non-fetchland format, I don't think. Like even Pioneer, Pioneer has this, but um they just got it. But it's also Pioneer, which is a much bigger format. Yeah, Pioneer uh, is still doing some degenerate ass stuff, that's for sure. Yeah, and so yeah, don't they have an oops all spells deck now? Yeah, there's an oops all spell deck. There's still Jeskai Luca, which is like not the best deck, so that should tell you enough about that format. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I didn't know if it was modern or, or yeah, Pioneer the spells, but it's kind of absurd that there's an Oopsal spells yeah, there's uh, both. In, in Pioneer, but, but yeah, so like, I definitely think that black white is just going to be better just on looking at it. And it's where I'm going to start. It's also where I'm going to start because if you can gain just as much value by not having to connect with your creatures, 
like playing curiosities and uh the blue white one whatever it was called mm-hmm. uh dude does anyone remember what it was called curious obsession no that's the blue one Oh, there's Curious Obsession and oh, Curiosity no, no, no. and the Blue White one, right? There's three of Insp- them. Yeah, Inspired something. Yeah, the gain life. Whenever you connect, gain life, draw yeah. card. Yeah. Yeah. And and so, like, th- that deck is going to play those and also maybe Blue Cartouche and mm-hmm. try to be way more combat driven, where I think, like, the other builds might just be a little bit better. Also have interaction. Like, Mogi's Favor is actually a really good magic card. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And Deadweight. <clears throat> um, and Myers Cross for aggressive decks is huge when you get to bring it back with Luris and stuff like that. And I mean, the old trick of just having a hateful idol on Myers grasping something and getting to draw a card that is insane against aggro and then well, attack and, for one and gain one. And you might draw an extra card if you have one of your two drops that can trips too. Yeah, exactly. No, so I, I think just because it's better against aggro, aka goblins, I think black white has got to be better. So I want to offer an alternative opinion to that. Okay. I think actually what would be best is if you took the two decks and just combined them together. Added Hero Precinct 1, called it a day. Cut all the auras. (laughs) You got there. Yeah, you got there way faster than I thought. (laughs) Cut all the auras. Cut all the creatures that deal with auras. Four Heroes Precinct 1. Bunch of multicolored cards. Uh, uh, this is just this is just teaching you that you need you need I new do. material. Jeez, he got there so fast. <laughs> so fast. <laughs> you have to get up pretty early in the day, Brian. Damn. Oh, but yeah, I know that, you don't. That was, that was very I, impressive. I am actually. legitimately I impressed. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I've I've had to deal with your bullshit for so many years. I now know exactly where you're heading all the that time. Is, yeah. <laughs> so one thing that I, I've noticed, do you know where did you get this black white list, bro? Because you're showing it to me and it looks good. Yeah, Andrea Mangucci has been uh really hyping Oof. it up just off his Twitter account. It, it looked good, okay, but well, now that you say so, that. Yeah, it looks great. Now, yeah. now, now that everyone has context, <laughs> um, I've never liked Apostle Purifying Light at all. Mm. Then and, in that case, I found it on your Twitter wall. No, that's not what I'm saying. Um, and maybe that's worth the slot, but it doesn't feel like it. I, I mean, I guess that card does. It does seem decent against Sultai because all your removal is black. And so mm-hmm. how do you how do you ever remove from the board? So maybe that is worth it. Um, but one card that I found kind of annoying when I played Goblins or um, the Splinter Twin combo deck, the uh, Neoform, uh, Neoform <laughs> was the Hushbringers. Like, I know that you can kill the Hushbringers. I know that they can die and that they're fragile piece of interaction mm-hmm. but thoughts he's into hushbringer is that like, non is that non-symmetrical like, hushbringer or does that ruin your own deck as well it, it wouldn't ruin your deck yeah because it's nothing's coming into play abilities right it's the trigger abilities yeah let's see yeah um there has does been Saram, a mono black Saram, deck does saram say come into play i thought it was cast as no, well it's whenever you cast yeah well is it isn't that how Hateful Eidolon works, or am I mistaken? Um, no, well, you could be right on Hateful Eidolon. Yeah, whenever an enchanted um, creature I, dies, draw a card for each aura you control that was attached to it. So it would not work with Hateful Eidolon, but it would be fine with the rest of the deck. That's true, yeah. Yeah, it would not. And that yeah, is pretty big. That That is kind of big, but at the same time, like, I, I just genuinely found that card 
to be good. Also, Hateful Eidolon's going to be terrible against like the Neoform deck. But maybe mm, Goblins true. and Neoform are just not popular enough for this to be justified yet. I bet they will be when it comes to like big events, though, right? Like people are going to just dust off their decks to try to qualify that haven't been wanting to just try all these new Kaladesh things. So yeah, I, I mean, think it's going to be a different I can't world speak yeah. to it. But I just remember Hushbringer actually being rather annoying. Like, even though I felt like I should always beat the Hushbringer, I just died to it a lot. <laughs> yeah. If I, if I couldn't get it off the board the first turn or if they got an enchantment on it that first turn, like by the next turn, it was like a six, seven. It's like, I can't beat it. Like I just, I, I can't deal with it. So if I don't have a removal for it, and usually if I killed the first time, they ever had a second one. Mm -hmm. And you just die to it. Like, you just can't beat it, and you don't get to play Magic. So it's also, like, in formats like this, I want to play the powerful effects against the decks. And that one feels a whole lot more powerful than, like, a, a card like Apostle to me. But maybe I could definitely be wrong. As well. I know there is a mono black aggro deck that has popped up. Um, it's not insanely popular, but maybe he had that in mind. Um, but, you know, doesn't seem Apostle, like, anything, like an anti-soul Apostle's kind of a load yeah. back card. I, I generally have felt... Like it, it's kind of expensive yeah. to get it going. Um, I mean, in a in a deck like this where you're making it big, it's certainly more impactful than it normally is. Because normally, I feel like it's just mm -hmm. yeah, it's annoying, but it's not winning you the game. But yeah, yeah, I'm kind of with Brad on that one. I I've never been that impressed with cards like Apostle. Yeah, but, and it I still mean, dies to extinction events, so it's not you know like it's not the catch all. Oh, that's true. It still dies to language and extinction event too. Yeah, so mm -hmm. it's not going to always be and and if you start playing Ugin again, which I could definitely see you actually wanting Ugin in your Soltai seventy fives if Auras. I mean, is also Soltai is going to be a deck that's playing a lot more disruption type stuff, so you're not necessarily going to be able to get that many enchantments or anything on your Apostle, and in which case, even Anissa is going to you know, outclass it or something. So, mm -hmm. yeah, this deck, I mean, I, I've just been seeing it on Twitter constantly. People just sharing, you know, got to this rank with this deck. It, it seems like auras is like the first deck to be established as a tier one deck uh, moving into oh. historic. Like just oh, yeah. to, just to put it stamped down and then be like, this is one of the decks you have to deal with. It's like the uh, right out of the gates, uh, no fun allowed police, right? Like for if sure. You're if you're trying something new and your deck's not really tuned to actually target a metagame yeah. and you're not faster than this, this is just going to beat the shit out of you. Yeah, Black White Auras and Mono Red are just sitting in a corner just laughing at all these janky builds just as they smash face. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it you know, knowing that, it just makes me want to more uh, um, play play, uh, I just got an email for organized play, registration confirmation Oh, and this is okay. uh, the point in our podcast where we all check our emails and tell you what new <laughs> stuff we have going on there. Brian, what do you got in your inbox? Uh, I didn't register for anything, though. <laughs> that's why That's why it's so unusual. I didn't <laughs> register for anything. Yeah. What? Yeah. You gotta, but you gotta that's mute. Why, that's why I caught you gotta me mute that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I thought I muted. I I just got back home, man. I'm not I'm not back in my groove yet. <laughs> Brad, I thought you turned off your shiny red ball setting on your email so that it wouldn't show you shiny red balls during a podcast. <laughs> oh, on my computer? No, no, I didn't do that. I just lied. <laughs> what I want to say about mono red is that I don't like, and maybe you can just play it all, but. It seems like putting Chandra's Hazarets and Embercleaves in your deck 
is 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 a lot of top end and i don't know what the correct mix of it is but i don't think you can do all of it i don't know yeah this deck really seems like it's pulling at all ends you know this is just a big magic 3-0 um that we're looking at right now and uh yeah it really does just seem like it's at all ends but powerful cards you know individually powerful cards but i agree with you i don't see a ton of synergy uh when it comes here well to be fair like these are also like every list is going to be different in mono red until it gets homogenized and Mm -hmm. um you know people are just also trying the new cards like i can definitely see people just wanting to throw a hazard in to see how it goes yeah or 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 the chandra's and but also chandra I think Chandra and Hazard do work well together because it like helps you empty your hand. But Ember, yeah. Ember Chandra's Cleave. you play Chandra first. Yeah. If Ember Cleave really fits the well, bill with Hazard and Chandra, two cards that don't really play that well with it. Especially well, not four of them, because you can get two of those stuck in your hand and you're not attacking with Hazard, you know? Yeah, but to be fair, like the thing about Ember Cleave is also you're a Burning Tree Emissary deck that like if you draw those, like you can you can cleave really fucking early because of Burning Trail. Yeah, I mean, I think Emmercleave's true, true. the more powerful of any of those cards. Like, for sure. To be fair, it is only one Hazard, so it's mostly an Emmercleave deck that we're looking at here. Yeah, I mean, I would lean towards. Yeah, personally, I would lean towards Hazard and Emmercleave and just not play Chandra's. I, I don't know if that mm. makes sense or not. That's just how yeah. I would. But Chandra mm-hmm. also can be a good summer card. But yeah, like this is just a list. It's not like. Like, I'm looking at another list that has, you know, one Hazret. Oh, I guess one Hazret, two Chandras. Yeah. <laughs> or Ember Cleaves. It's and not it's the, the same, same list. list either, I don't think. No, it's not. <laughs> but yeah, one card that all these lists are playing now is like Kari's have as a new addition. And to be honest, I think that card is nice with Ember Cleave, but I do not think that's a very good card right now. It's just not that fast, you know? Yeah, it used to be way better, yeah. It used to be much better. I mean, it, it is cool with Ember Cleave that if you have a one drop into Kari's of turn three, you can cleave, which is cool, but I don't know if that's good enough. Yeah, it does seem like that there should be a better two drop there. Like, I, I think I'd be pretty happy if my yeah. opponent's second turn was playing Kari's of. I, over, <laughs> yeah, I mean, compared yeah. to anything else they could be doing, Burning Tree plus something, Robber the Rich, Earth, Earthshaker Kenra, um, mm-hmm. I would much rather see carries out than any of those cards. It to is crazy. Like, oh, like it is. I mean, there are other builds out there too. Like, there, people still play Runaway Steamkin and and Rimrock Knights. It, it just depends on. Like, we're just looking at random lists, and I think like things will evolve. So, yeah. I mean, I definitely don't think everyone's playing carries ab, but I agree with you wholeheartedly that it does seem very underpowered relative to. Where where things yeah, are. I'd now. rather play Runaway mm-hmm. Steamkin, I think, and just I mean if it dies to removal, so does carries of like but if it doesn't yeah. die, I think you've played a way more powerful card that can offer you a lot more explosive power. The removal is just It'll so probably attack for the same amount the next turn. Yeah. Yeah, removal is just so incredibly powerful right now. Like the removal spells are just unreal. Black has eight one mana removal spells to kill two drops if they want. You know, I mean it it Red got harness lightning. It just seems like removal is at an all-time high in historic right now. Are you just saying that creatures out of Doom Blades? Yeah, that is what I was trying to get at. Yes, absolutely. But even Aether Gust, <laughs> even Aether Gust is just one hell of a piece of removal, piece of interaction that ha- 
was not being played back in the days of Mono Red when Karizev was good. Or even Chandra. Oh. Like, I've been oh, seeing so many people Chandra tick up and then just like, yep, Aether Gust that. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I definitely think that reaction decks um, have a good chance, especially like Demir based, um, mm -hmm. whether it's Soltire or Blue Black, have a good chance of beating Mono Red. And, they, and that's kind of yep. historically how it's played out. Mono Red is like going to be a lot better against like some other creature decks where Ember Cleave is going to actually hit them combo decks, things like that. So mm -hmm. like I like when I was playing Sultai, I mean, I haven't played with the newest cards, but I think it could only get better if I get fatal push. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. No, that's I, a good I, fatal push deck with Uro and stuff. Oh, I didn't even, yeah. I haven't even really played this format before uh, blood chiefs thirst either. Like I'm assuming that one matter removal is going to help my cause, but I never really found these matchups too troublesome when yeah. I was playing Sultai before. So like, they they've just they always are pretty bad against decks that have a ton of interaction, um, and then and, they're and even orders off auras, you know, like that seems like an auto lose matchup too. It just does not seem like red is positioned very well. I don't know if that's an yeah. auto lose because no, like, I think it could be a close matchup. Yeah. They can just gain so much life. Like if you ever strap, if they ever get like a five five life linker, which is not that many auras. The game just seems like it's over, but I guess I could be wrong. Well, you could have really cheap removal to hit the first few things, and it's hard to get something yeah. big, big early. And then if you ever get an Ember Cleave turn, like they have to exhaust all the resources in one thing. And also, yeah, they have that's to fair. have the right draw, right? Like, if like the whole problem with auras is they only have X amount of creatures and X amount of auras, and they have to draw them in a correct combination. And decks that force pressure and also have cheap removal uh make that imbalance look even worse yeah that's fair yeah, it's the same thing with decks like this versus like a deck like kathis combo where you look at kathis and think like oh it's a faster deck it should definitely beat these kinds of decks but you just have to like mm -hmm. the the pressure and a little bit of interaction it just puts the onus on the other deck to have the right mix of cards and decks like that are just inconsistent enough that they don't always have it. I mean, I, I would still think that Auras is probably a favorite, but it, it's, I think it would be pretty close. Yeah. And I mean, two decks that we like haven't even really brought up that I think are going to be huge players, but people just don't want to play them because they're old news and like, they want to try to do the hot stuff first. It's just gruel aggro and then goblins yeah. goblins. You've been seeing people that have been like picking up and like putting Chandra in their list but outside of that, that's a that's a tribal deck that can't really change much, but it's still insanely powerful. But people just don't want to play it on the ladder right now because they're trying out their cool cards. But those are going to be dominant forces when people stop messing around and just start trying Maybe. to win again. Like like goblins just wasn't as good as everyone thought it was going to be. I, I honestly believe that like it's a very yeah. powerful deck, but it's a little inconsistent. And most decks have figured out what they have to do to beat it. Mm -hmm. um, and so. Like, it's just, like, it was proven at the Mythic Invitational. 50% of the people or whatever showed up with the deck and it did abysmally. Yeah, um, that's fair. And did so, it? I like, thought it did pretty well. Did, really? It, am, I, am I mistaken? The tournament where you played Kethis? No, Goblins did not do well in that tournament. I thought it had, like, a... Ju no, Jun Sacrifice is the yeah, deck Yeah, I know Jun really Sacrifice well. is yeah, a dominant Goblins? deck. I thought, I thought Goblins still did, like, over 50%, but maybe I'm wrong. Goblins well, had a good day one and an abysmal day two, from my memory serves me. Yeah, I think only like I think only three people top sixteen with it or two or yeah, something. Yeah, I know John Sacrifice was the dominant deck from that one, but yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, Goblins did not do well in that tournament relative Speaking to Speaking of play. which, what happened to John's yeah, Sacrifice? And yeah, that's another deck. You know that deck's not really going anywhere, but it's once again not being played that much. But I don't see a reason when I look at these decks why Jun would be overly bad against anything. I don't think it got anything new particular, but it doesn't seem bad against any of these decks. I mean, that is one of the issues too, is like, like I think Burning Tree Emissary coming back changes the dynamic a little bit because Jun Sacrifice struggled against Gruel when it had that card. And because it's not getting new toys, that might be one of the reasons. Like, yeah. Jund, Jund, I do think, will get a lot stronger if in certain metagames, but who knows? Maybe if this isn't what it. What about uh, Rakdos? What happened to Rakdos? I think that deck was just not that good. It's just it won that one tournament, or it took second, right? Like, Luis Lovato mm-hmm. did really well with it in that tournament, but before that, I thought it wasn't doing that well. And, um, it it was very low played at the grand finals as well and in tournaments like it was just right when it came out it was very it seemed very good it had a lot of good decisions and stuff but as the format evolved it's just i don't know it's just i think it's just like a tier 2 or 3 deck i still see i am i'm on the opposite camp of that i didn't test as hard as you did you know for the tournament but i just love that deck and that's what i would have played at that tournament just because I, I enjoyed it so much and I thought it was good, but uh, it's definitely not the best deck in the format by any means. But maybe yeah. it got Chandra. You know, I mean, Chandra, when you don't have to rely heavily on your graveyard, as that deck, you know, just got completely shut down by Leyline and, and Cage and stuff, you know, maybe maybe that well, helps we, a little bit, but I kind of doubt it. Yeah, we talked about that last week. I don't want to rehash yeah. that exact argument, but like... Mm-hmm. If you're trying to beat a deck that has hate for your game one plan, I don't think Chandra is a good game uh, plan B card mm. because like you want a Chandra is the kind of card that's going to complement your plan A. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and you can't complement your deck if you're getting caged or rest in peace mm-hmm. uh, because all of your shitters are kind of weak. So, you know, maybe the hazard plan is better or whatever, but yeah, like, I don't know, like Rakdos just gets hit by graveyard hate and does thing at a similarly power level as other decks. So I, I just, I don't see it as like that, that amazing of a deck. It was good at what it did when the format wasn't as focused. This is going to sound yeah. boy who cried wolf coming from me, but um, <laughs> looking at these top decks, I, I legitimately think some sort of like an Esper hero type strategy would actually be good. Jesus hey, I'm being serious. Here I'm being serious. Do. Like, we're looking at Teferi's gone, bro. We're looking at one, one, one Teferi is gone. Uh, we're looking at <laughs> like a control deck, and then uh, all these other decks are just like creature decks. Like they're they're just all sure. But you have to. So I will agree with you that a two-two with interactive spells that produces one-one sounds great. No, I'm not talking but about. No, no, no. You, have to start, you, you didn't let me finish. You have to name multicolor I'm not, cards. I'm not talking okay. about the card hero precinct one. I'm talking about the strategy, the kind of strategy that oh. that deck was. I legitimately think would be good in this format because, like, like Esper Yorian, like yeah, like maybe Esper Yorian is is just a new like a, a better hero deck or something. But like, oh baby, I just legitimately think that kind of a deck would be good in this format. Like it probably beats the crap out of these green decks, beats the crap out of mono red, um, 
All I mean, Hero historically was really good against Sultai when they were in the same format together. Um, it just was able to outgrind it. I, I don't ask me how that was how that was the case. That just mm-hmm. was the my experience playing those matchups. Um, I, I don't know. Like I, I just genuinely think I don't want to play the card two two for two that dies to Bone Crusher Giant, but. That style of deck, I just... You, you have to say the name of the card, though, Brian. We have to hear you say you don't want to play Hero Breeze <laughs> I Breezy can't one. say it. I need to hear it. <laughs> I can't bring myself to say it. But I, I, I do genuinely genuinely think that that kind of a strategy could actually be pretty good here. I don't know. Am, am, I, am I wrong? Is that not just Sultai? It kind of is, but it's it's... I think it's different because... You're playing cards that generally are a little more all-purpose. Like, Sultai is a reactive mid-range deck, whereas Esper is more of a proactive mid-range deck. And I, I do think that there's a difference there. I don't know. I would love to Yorian blink out Othakaya and, like, Trial of Ambition against a red deck and be like, yeah, you're dead. Jesus. You're dead. <laughs> I'll build well, it, Brian. I'm on the case. Hell yeah. Yeah, I mean, so so Brian said... Uh, a, a proactive mid-range deck and Corey's like Yorian it is um, <laughs> so let's go it's so typical of us but yeah, I'm just curious like what proactive elements like I'm just trying to play this idea out because like the problem that I'm just thinking of is what are these elements like so the, the theory makes sense right. to me but I, I don't know like I would have to examine it like I'm not sure what they are but you know Sultai is on the reactive ends of things, you know, it's, it's all, it's all, it, you know, you're playing sweepers, you're playing, um, you know, all these interactive cards that are more defensively oriented. Whereas, you know, when we played Esper Hero before, it was all about adding to the board while you're interacting with your opponent and pushing ahead. And yeah, maybe that doesn't exist, but I honestly, I, I think it could exist. Corey could be right in the form of a Yorion deck where yeah. you're putting you know things what? on the board and building towards your game plan at the same time something like that could be you know what like you know what this actually does sound like in all seriousness now this sounds like an esper doom foretold list no like an esper yorian doom foretold list that that's one of the best things at playing proactively but still controlling aggro as well no i i am i am already all for it isn't (laughs) demonic pact legal isn't that an illegal card in the yeah or maybe that's pioneer oh baby Let's go. Oh, uh, yeah. That's not nothing what you two are saying interests me at all. But that is just why Magic is such a great game where we can just play, mm-hmm. you know, we can all play our, our, our separate things. Well, Demonic Pact doesn't interest me at all. You, that card is not, you can miss me no, with that. No, but but like, <laughs> that's a left field. Yeah. Same, same with um, same with the Doom Foretold. The Doom Foretold. Yeah, because I don't know what permanence I'm playing to get them into play. And I have the time to interact with my opponent. Like, that's oh, why Kaya. I like Sultai is because Sultai is literally just all your deck is is three Hydroid Crisis and then reactive spells or mana ramp spells. Just you're lucky that one of your mana ramp spells kills them in the form of Nissa, but like that's your entire game plan. And because because I have found you don't have time to do anything. So else. Oath of Kaya seems it, like a great card. Oath of Kaya is the big that's one. That's a big yeah. one. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's there's probably some other stuff in there. I'd have to. I don't know. Trial of Ambition. Trial of Ambition. That's an That's interactive edict, right? spell that plays to the board. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Edict. Yeah, that card will piss off a lot of aura players. Oh, yeah. 
Oh yeah. Hey, I'm on the case. Consider consider an Esper Doom Foretold list to be built <laughs> by Sunday. Alright, shoot me the list when you build it. I'll play it. Will do, will do. I can't wait. Corey's like, I got trial ambitions. I can't wait for them to play Core Spirit Dancer. Like, Core Spirit Dancer. All right, resolves. And then they're like, Cartouche of Solidarity. And you're like, no, you followed my plan. <laughs> A cartouche beat by trial? How ironic. Yeah, he plays the Doom Foretold, which doesn't touch tokens. Still. But it does oh, hit that cartouche. That's right. Then they sack the cartouche. But, yeah. But, the, <laughs> yes. but they've already drawn nine they, cards. No, they they well, don't sack so. cartouche. They sack <laughs> Moguses, whatever it's called. Yeah. Favorite, yeah. They, but think about it. You get to play Wrath of God instead of Shatter the Sky. I mean, fan me down right now, please. I mean, I yeah, I think you're as lukewarm as possible. <laughs> that, Brad, that's where I live my life with Yorian, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Teferi, Teferi would be highly played if it was good enough. It doesn't feel like it's good enough for this format. Yeah, like I love Teferi Hero of Dominaria just as much as I love Nissa Who Shakes the World. Mm -hmm. um, I will play decks with both of these cards. I love them. So ban. Um, yeah. This is that's bat yeah, Yorian. I mean, it is, yeah. boys. Let's go. This, these are <laughs> styles of decks that I enjoy playing because I just like these five mana planeswalkers that stabilize the game, and I get to play a mid range strategy. But Nissa has just been so much more impressive to me in this format. Like. I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't play Sultai without four Nissa. Like, ever. well, you couldn't yeah, I mean, possibly Nissa win. Like, I think you couldn't possibly win with Sultai without four Nissa because you are relying on that card as you were stabilizing and pressure element at the same time. And yes. Uro, it, it, those two are kind of buddies. You know, one one picks the other yeah, one. Yeah, I mean, Uro is yeah, yeah goes a long way too. But I think with with a with an yeah. Esper style deck, you're not in that same position. Yeah, because I agree. When you just escape your Earl and then next turn you have to sack it to Doom Foretold, that's not really getting you anywhere. So I'm in. Yeah, I feel I feel like I feel like whatever version of Esper is just gonna turn into either Esper or Blue Black Control, but in that in a Gear Hulk like, you know, slower yeah. form because it just feels like trying to do mid-rangey things early. Um mm -hmm. usually doesn't just, pan out. Yeah, because like the the thing that I'm that I like about mid-range decks is they have the ramp where if if even if you don't have the right answer for something you can at least ramp to get to your next bigger thing mm -hmm. and do something a little bit quicker it's like sure you're holding this you know uh kamitra's blessing for my fatal push so i can't interact now but i can grow spiral and wrath you mm. and get out of that you know that's that's what i like instead of having to wait multiple turns because two turns in his in historic is a lot different than two turns in standard pre Throne of Eldraine. See, I think yeah. of it this way: yeah. is like, yeah, you're holding Kyrometra's blessing for my Fatal Push, but I don't have Fatal Push in my deck because it's not a multicolored card, and I'm blocking <laughs> your creature with a wealth of one-one tokens that are limitless. <laughs> <laughs> well, I believe we got a deck here, Brian. If only Hero of Precinct One triggered off multicolored stuff coming into play. Uh, Yorian hero would just be the new hotness. I just, I, I could just hear it. Like Brian's like gain three life, draw a card, your go, uh, get attacked by 46 goblins. I am at <laughs> negative 14. All right. Good game. No, that's not true. <laughs> hey, not bad. If you only felt a negative 14, that's, that's pretty I'm good. I'm able to block, go to one, 
untap, not have wraths in my deck, and be dead. So because yeah, because it's not multicolored. Steady stream of one hey, ones. But luckily, he has supreme verdict, which is a multicolored. Yes, wrath. get you get the token, <laughs> and then yeah, boom. <laughs> Yeah, oh, sounds, love, sounds like a strategy. I do love I do love Kaya's yes. wrath. With, you get that extra point of life. You get that extra oh, yeah. life. Oh, that yeah. was classic play right there. <laughs> that Plus was a so You get it now. Yeah. You get it. <laughs> I am all aboard this crazy train. The one thing that I don't think is a surprise, I think maybe the last thing we should touch on here, this is another thing we said last week is I'm not too surprised that there is not any team or energy just straight, you know, the deck that was dominant and standard. That deck has not showed up, and if it has, it has not been good. Yeah, I, I couldn't imagine it being good enough, like, yeah. at all. Like, this yep. this format just, like, has so many powerful, like, spells just along mm-hmm. the curve. Like, yeah, you like, I, I understand. Like, energy was awesome in standard because it was just a block you know, ability and that's how standard operates. But in, in a format like historic, you you know, we haven't seen any real decks that were standard decks poured over. They're all new strategies. Yeah, Like when I look at teamer, except I look at teamer energy and I see, okay, it's a proactive three color mid range deck that looks Mm -hmm. awful against all these decks. Looks totally (laughs) horrible against all these decks. I would never want to play something like that. So. Are you talking about us for Team Ryan? No, no, Team Ryan. Energy guy. We're talking about Team Energy here. Oh, okay. It's proactive okay, three color mid range deck seems atrocious. Like, <laughs> are you sure this isn't Brian Duifton? Because you've been saying a lot of bad things about Hero Precinct One, and that doesn't sound like our Brian. Not a single disparaging word against the card. You've been you've been alluding to yeah, it. That's Brian. not true. I feel like Brian still has a sponsorship with Precinct One, and it's <laughs> and it's not hashtagging it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's an underground don't, uh, sponsorship. Don't get me in trouble with the uh, what? Uh, what? What department is that? Homeland Security. <laughs> I wish it were. Yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah. Well. well yeah. Go ahead. All right. Yeah. So, so, I mean, that's, this is the starting spot where the metagame's at right now. Um, for any of you out there that disagree with us, let us know on social media if there's a deck that we missed or in our Discord. I'm going to be a lot more lively in there as I'm going to be more butt in seat playing magic for the next 10 days, getting ready for the Zendikar Championship. Instead um, of butt on top floor, taking. Come on. Come on. <laughs> just, just let me, just let me get through my. My spiel, man. You got it. Sorry, bro. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Mm -hmm. you very much. Um, And I will be streaming a lot more in the next uh, 10 days, getting ready for this tournament as well. So if you are a patron of the Bachelors podcast, you can hang out with us in the Discord and talk historic and standard with us and tell us if there is a deck you think we're missing uh, that we should be focusing on and focusing our efforts on. And as well, if you're not part of the Bachelors podcast Patreon or in our Discord, you can you can join up at patreon.com slash podcast. Uh, we run a monthly tournament, but we will be skipping December since it's a very busy holiday uh, month. We will have a tournament in January. Um, another one. We just had one that was awesome. Um, Heptagon ended up. Corey took second, losing out on Heptagon's $500. Oh, and $400 holla. of store credit. 
Still got a split a little bit, so what up? I still got oh, some of that sweet heptagon stuff. Shit, I forgot, <laughs> Brian. We had a job for what was you. That? The job was if you go to the Bachelor's Podcast Discord and there's a room called inter- under Bachelor's Battles, there's a room <laughs> oh, called yeah. Story Time. We needed you to read through these and pick a winner for a two hundred dollar gift uh, certificate from our wonderful sponsor, uh, BCW Supply. So we're gonna. That's need your you homework. That sometime, yeah. That's, that's your, your homework, homework for, next for next week. Yeah, exactly. It's and there's a great time. entry. There's a great entry in there that I think you're gonna find really delightful. <laughs> oh, we, we tried. It was a good run, but that's um, a, that's a crossing a line that's too far. Doing what's too far? Asking you yes. to do something? Yes. Jeez, that sucks. <laughs> it does. It is horrible for you guys. <laughs> yeah, no, but uh, reiterate, reiterating what Brad says is. You know, historic is so wide open right now. So I want to see some deck lists uh, from y'all and see what you've been winning with because we threw a lot of information at you today, but there is nothing really concrete to truly go off of yet. Scratch tip of the iceberg. I, tip of the iceberg. So I think uh, I think this weekend's SCG events we're going to learn a lot, and oh, I'm yeah. excited for one to unpack next week uh, and, and see what actually is rising to the top. Um, after see, the I weekend. actually think it's different. I think we actually pretty much nailed down historic and there's only like one remaining question left Belhan or guard mage at the four drop slot <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ <laughs> alright it is time for our cast and crew <laughs> alright cast and crew our favorite time of the show where all of our lovely patrons at a certain tier get to do work for us for free. <clears throat> Anyways, first up, Richie, new member of the cast and crew, y'all. And you know what? We've been really, really bad with money. So we decided uh, Richie will be hired as our Bash Bros accountant and uh, really help us with the finances here because God knows Wait, we whoa, need whoa, it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We're letting someone look at our books. Well, we, we're letting someone look at our books. We, yeah. ooh, I don't Funny know. thing about our books I, is I don't think we, can let we someone store look them in the books. laundry room. Ooh. That's where we keep our books. <laughs> Okay, so we have some dirty laundry in there? Uh, well, dirty money. No, it's, it's yeah. clean now. Yeah, oh. the money's clean now. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't paid taxes in years, but that's well, we okay. Paid, we pay our fair <laughs> well, we share taxes. of taxes. Yeah. <laughs> Why did you say yeah. it like that, Brian? Like what? You said it like this. Uh, it's well, kind of... just. Just because the Bachelor's podcast has more overhead than it <laughs> profits doesn't mean nothing illegal's happen or any illegal activities are happening. Just because we filed for bank, we filed for bankruptcy twice. That's it. Okay, just because one hundred percent of Bash Bros finances are sent to a uh, charity called the Brian Brown Doing Fund is not something to look into in any way it, we are we love charitable yeah, and, donations and, and, and I'm, I'm 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 slow i'm quickly realizing Corey does not understand how money laundering works in the slightest <laughs> no well i'm <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry i've been funneling all our money into the four seasons um <laughs> damn it i forgot what landscaping Yes, yes, thank you. <laughs> I'll see myself out. Brad, you're next. <laughs> All right, next, next up we have Opa, who is our research director. Now, you you might ask yourself what research directing is. Um, it's our new play, actually. It's our research. Hmm. 
Mm. It is it is a Bash Bros production mm. starring Brian Brondoen. I thought that's what the podcast research was. is the thing I explicitly said I don't do for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, you said everything you okay. don't do, so that's not exclusively. You're right. You're right. <laughs> All right. Next we got Wapa. Wapa is Brad's personal barista. Also Brad's dog walker. Um mm. I got us. Yeah, Wapa mm. dropped the ball, I guess, mm. on that. And D dropped it like it's hot recently. Because, uh, <laughs> yeah, D, yeah. Well, if Wapa would have uh, taken D on a couple more walks, maybe we wouldn't have mysterious <laughs> piles of poo everywhere, huh? Hmm. Brutal. No, we brutal. took D out. Like, the problem, the, the worst part about that. Is we took D outside like twenty times a day to try to get her shit. She just wouldn't because of all the snow. Well, yeah, we but Wapa's, Wapa's the normal dog walker, so you know D feels more comfortable pooping around Wapa than you. That's right? true. Yes, yes, of course. All right, next up is Adham, and Adham is our ghostwriter. So every word that we say, even everything about Esper Hero uh, on this podcast, it's pretty interesting because Adam recently joined us. And didn't know about your love of Esper Hero, so Adam must have been following you around for a while, Brian. I gotta say, I I I thought Adam was our ghostwriter. I didn't realize that he was like our puppet master. It's kind it's of all, okay. of them. yeah. It's all the same. <laughs> yeah. Next up, we got David Watt, who is the special guest screener. Uh, now, what that job entails is David Watt pours over um brian it's not your turn oh he can take it he gets <laughs> oh i'm sorry i thought okay. that was mine okay. my mistake god uh wow well he just he, he keeps taking david watts one because every because he doesn't want us to talk about david watt because he knows what <laughs> that's <fire>. right <laughs> that is correct so yeah yeah what that spe- job entails as a special guest screener is that you pour over the number of applicants to be the special guest on the bachelor's podcast and then you pick the one that's the best. And I think David Watt does that every single week. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, you would say uh, that. Uh, yeah, we can agree to disagree uh, on that one. Yeah, I think agree to double disagree. I think if me and Brad are on the same page, but sure. Brian, oh, I thought uh, maybe Brad would take this one <laughs> since I stole his. Oh, hell no. No, no. no. You're overachieving. All right, next up, <laughs> David. Watt, Dave, if David Watt is so good, yeah, th- then our special guest can go the extra mile here. Fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. I guess I don't go the extra mile in literally anything else. So, <laughs> Fair's fair. All right. So next up, we have we have Gino Batista, who is actually does play into the previous one. He was supposed to be the special guest this week, um, but. As many of you know, uh, he's been in prison, brothers there as well, um, some tattoos occurring, there's some yeah. visits. The inf- there's a lot of shit going down there. Uh, despite all that, we still wanted Gino as our special guest. We actually went, took a microphone to the prison. We're going to record the episode mm-hmm. there, but we actually were not able to because there was currently a, a violent riot going on at the prison so yeah holy crap i mean geez gino is yeah. got some Gino's stuff going okay. on no kidding yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we all do 
I can't wait to get Gino on the cast to to talk about these these, these experiences. It seems like a great story that we yeah. should run with. Yeah, I just really just hope Gino's ratings don't plummet. Yeah, I mean, with yeah. with a good start like this, I don't see how it could go south. I mean, it seems like no, such a not. such and a I good think story if we were so to far. Get Gino yeah. on the cast, yeah. he would probably be invited back for another four or five episodes, all of which would mm. kind of be worse than the original one. Mm, it's kind of oh, like so, you being so on like the special our- guest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brad, I, we were softballing that yeah. up to each other. Yeah. All right, everyone. Next up, we got Paul Kat- Sarowski, and that is probably the most important job on this cast, and that's BBD's Wall Street <sighs> photographer. Uh, I actually recently saw a flashback. People were doing what was going on the first um, day that there was a COVID patient, and I saw, BBD, you were still taking wall-staring photography back then, so it's impressive that you've kept with your craft here, thanks to Paul. I mean, it's Paul's craft. I'm just the person who's there. Well, you're you're the model. You're the paintbrush? No, he's the paper. He's the paper. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You're the smooth surface. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right so up next is uh max who is Corey's linguini coach wait sorry mm. linguistics max can help you out here if you're struggling no Corey, can He's you help Corey's me out no no no, no 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 Corey, just help me out help me out help me out what is this word linguistics mm, i don't know it's your job right now so it's it's your job to no, say Corey, so Corey, just help me out and say the word yeah, uh, fuck you. And this is Adham's writing once again, so I don't know why he wrote this to me to tell you, but yeah, he said, fuck you, final answer. All right, well, Max, uh, you, uh, you, you, got, you got your job cut out for you. Can you, can you stop <laughs> fucking slacking and, uh, and help Corey? And I'm thank sorry, you, Corey. You. That would be very fuck nice. Fuck you was not the right <laughs> answer. The right answer was... Uh, lots of uh, no shit, I fucked it up. <laughs> <laughs> lots of diggity. Sorry, that's what it was. Oh no, it's a mild amount. You guys of ever diggity. see that? It's a uh, mild amount. Who wants to be a millionaire? <laughs> yes, thing the no diggity thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. A yeah. mild yeah. amount of diggity, mild please. Diggity, please. <laughs> Holy All shit. right. Next up, we got uh, Phil. Yeah. Yep. And we got him. He works for us. No. What is? Yeah. But we what recruited him actually successfully. Uh, Brian, did you still not figure out what Phil does? It was the one bit of homework. You keep saying one bit of. Also, also, you keep you say that that we recruited Phil, but you do, you don't understand how our business model works. They recruit us. They recruit themselves yeah. to pay us to work for us. Yeah, they're so entrepreneurs. No one does it better than Phil. But what does Phil do? It's all about the can. <laughs> what? I don't know why. I don't know, but it's written down. <laughs> it is why. That was, from a, that was that, some Corey? joke from a few weeks ago. I don't remember exactly how we got there. Do you, oh. you don't remember that? You wrote it there. You wrote it there just so you could uh, remember it, and then never deleted it. Love it. Okay, next up, we got JP, and that's uh, Phil's job coach. Since BBD is not figuring out what Phil's doing, 
We literally hired someone to try to figure it out. And right, so we uh, have two employees that are doing yes. absolutely nothing. No, no, no three sorry. of you come, Brian. We, got, we don't have two employees who are doing absolutely nothing. We have 19 employees who are doing absolutely nothing. <laughs> no, 20 if we count okay, you, Brian. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> oh, all right, now we've got Jason Florent is our next on the cast and crew, who is Corey's nemesis. And in, this storyline is playing out exactly how it should because. Bro, you just keep beating the shit out of Jason. Yeah, I destroyed him two more times this weekend. Two twos in the F2K uh, Invitational and then in the BBP in the top four. And you know what? At this point, it's just a story tale ending, really. It's it's everything's coming up, Corey, and it's been just a great experience. This is for like me. David and Goliath, <laughs> but without the ending that Jason wants. Right. Yeah, this is like Tom Brady and Kirk Cousins, really. <laughs> Jesus. One one wins, one just gets shit on all day. This is like oh, um good time. This we is love you, like Jason. Michael Jordan and the upstairs carpet at the cabin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pretty close. Pretty close. All right, next up, we got Sultan Abasi, and that is our designated Manadork. You know, we just need we just need some mana every once in a while. And we this need some week, dorks. It's it Lanor Elves or Elvish Ooh. Visionary. Oh wait, it can't be two. No, it's which one? It's Elvish Visionary, elves. right? Oh yes, it's Lanor elves. elves. Didn't you get the memo? Yeah, oh, it's yeah, Lanor yeah. Elves in yeah. the Mono G. Mm. Mono G and me. Yeah. All right. Next up, uh, it's Eric Null. But didn't Eric Null change their job? Bro, do oh, we know? Yeah, did Eric Null not change sort of their job? Or something like that? No, 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 no. This is. Oh, yeah, there's just six days. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. All right, Eric Null. <laughs> Eric Null was once. <laughs> and if I you love Eric tell, Null so yeah, much. Captain of the USS Spaceship. Spaceship, yep. But they sent an emergency transition from Uranus. Everyone is dead. Okay, I should have read this before. I'm just reading it for the first time. So this is all. No, I don't it's know good. What I'm about to say. All right. When we landed being a sentient trash golem and all, the methane atmosphere of Uranus was like a breath of fresh air. It was not the same for my crew. Trapped with no way back home, I am now the lost trash of Uranus. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so Eric is now, let me type that out, the lost trash of Uranus. Uh, (laughs) You know, know, this, this this feels like one of those, like, 80s or 90s sitcoms, it's like, how are they gonna get out of this one? I hate to be pedantic, but I believe it's Uranus. <laughs> oh, it it's is. Uranus? Yeah, I believe it's okay. Uranus. Uh, Uranus? What the hell is that? All right. Next up, we have Gare Meldy, our merch store manager. Gare has done a great job with the merch store. Nobody has bought anything there. But it looks great. Yeah, no. no, honestly, we we literally have a merch yeah. store, and we have a link for you. <laughs> and, <laughs> and if you would like to purchase something, we want to know that it works. <laughs> so we I, sell we sell sweatshirts, playmats, and a t shirt. There's a link in the vid in the description. Go buy something so that we know that it's just not us on our local server that has this up. <laughs> yeah. just, just nobody can see anything. I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt it. 
All right, next up, we have Patrick, and that is our office party coordinator. You know, uh, hasn't been doing much, so kind of in the camp of Phil, since we can't really party. Um, you know, hasn't even planned a Zoom party really either, so maybe, Patrick, we can get on that and at least Zoom it up. But so far, no parties to be had. No, uh, but one party that's happening in this person's <laughs> head is Filippos Galenas, Mm -hmm. who's the Aspros podcast liaison. Now, I keep trying to tell everyone the Aspros podcast isn't real. It was a joke that went for too long, and I don't want it to be part of my yeah. branding. But <laughs> everyone else disagrees with me, <laughs> especially Corey. Uh, yeah, uh, hard I feel, disagree. <laughs> I feel like if we want to transcend to being more professional as, as a podcast mm -hmm. and a medium, we should stop making ass jokes at this point. Hmm. All in favor? That's a bold move, Cotton. Let's All see how it plays out. say brown eye. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, wow. you're 100% correct, Brad. Thank if, you. Yeah, it's not going to happen, but you're, yeah. you are 100% correct with everything that you said. <laughs> yeah, we won't have... Honestly, honestly, Brad, I promise you, for the rest of the cast and crew, we will not make any more ass jokes, me or Brian. <laughs> don't promise something you can't deliver. Yeah, dude, I'm looking at I'm the remaining cast. You, don't, you will not be able to deliver on that one. <laughs> All right, next up we have Loror, who is our chief executive officer. He runs the ship. To borrow an idiomatic expression, not the space shit. The ship. Wow, Brian. Come on. You didn't even make it a, like a couple sentences. Huh? Jesus. All right. Next up, we got Victor, and that is our executive producer. Whenever we just want to bro down, Victor is the one. See, that's you can there. Act, you can find him at aisle seven of your local grocery store. That's the bro deuce aisle. <laughs> You're 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 hitting gold Wait, today, Brian. Car, you haven't you haven't been to a grocery store long enough. Aisle seven is not produce. <laughs> it's not. Oh shit! Why was it? Well, no, that is where I bought all that that Red Bull and Jaeger Jagermeister. Do you think Red Bull and Jagermeister is in a produce aisle? Yeah, because I bro yeah, down with them. That's with right. My bros. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, last but not least, and coming back to the casting crew, is <laughs> Dr. Unks. But I want to tell you straight up, Dr. Unks, you crossed the fucking line no. this time. <laughs> I am not reading out loud what you sent us. No one's ears should have to it hear was, it. So it, was like, just, it was like three it was paragraphs. It dark just, and deeply disturbing. And disturbing, yes. Yeah. So yeah. I am and just going to. Even that funny. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just going to say, oh, yeah, it, it sacrificed humor for disturbingness, which I believe fuels Dr. Unks. Yeah, I mean, Saw did that with their movie series and it worked out for them, but didn't work out for you, Dr. Unks. Oh, it did, but I'm just, I can't repeat it. So what I'm going to do is we gave you your job, our resident proctologist, and I'm going to yeah. leave it there. Well, Brad, no more ass comments, okay? Well, you made the rule. You know what, Corey? Yes. You're right. <laughs> yes. Doctor, Can you repeat that? You've never said that to me in my entire life. Dr. Unks, you're going to have to change your job. So are you, Filippo Galenis? And who else? <laughs> who else has to change their jobs? Uh, Heptagon gets to do whatever he wants. He, he, he can remain the Aspros is, podcast. Uh, is, uh, <laughs> is Uranus? Is, is, where does that hit on the line? 
Yeah, that's oh. a planet. That has nothing to do with a butt. So that no, one's yeah, fine. That, that has nothing to do with with uh, butt. It's just Eric Nall is. I mean, also we could probably do whatever we want. Eric's on Uranus. How long does it take to get a transmission? We probably have to Jason yeah, no Corrosh job as well, because he's the butt of Corey's jokes. Oh, oh jokes. Yes. Oh, 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 yeah. Bang, 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 bang. Yeah, until he beats me. That, you know, so this could Paul, be a while. Paul might have to change their job, too, because that is just such a shitty <laughs> model. Yeah, by the time Jason actually beats me, we might be living on Uranus. Also with Phil, I, we don't know what he does, but there is this joke about a can. All about yeah. the can, so that has to change. Anyway, we'll figure this hmm. all out next week with Adam. Uh, no, we won't. Thank you to all of you that are part of our casting crew. When we started this casting crew, we did not think it would become 30 minutes of each one of our episodes, but... But we're happy enough, it has. Uh, yeah, oddly <laughs> enough, we have fun with it every week. You'd think yeah. we'd get sick of it, but we don't. No, um, no. Yeah, like I actually kind of want to do a second take. Oh, God, no. I... I <laughs> I just got home. I want to relax a little bit before I stream. Um, but anyway, thank you everyone for listening to another Bachelor's podcast. Thank you, Brian, for being a part of it and being a special guest. Uh, all the love in the world to you, Corey. Thank uh, you, bro. I love for you being too. My co-host. I am back from vacation and it was a great eye-opening experience. Um, mm. just a lot of relaxing and taking pressure off of me. And I am not. The value of me is not in the amount of work that I get done every day. And that is and a lesson you, everyone needs to learn and relearn and relearn because the rat race can get you caught up in a lot of shit. That's true. And would you say it was eye opening because you have to look around for poop on the floors? So you have to open your eyes a little bit more or? All right, this podcast <laughs> done. <laughs> okay, goodbye.